You know, the, in, in our system, you know, we have strived, and I believe everyone um, loves to be sitting in the seat when they're not wrong. And when you're sitting in the seat that when you're not wrong, you're opposite of that, and you're sitting in the seat of being right. And it's a good feeling to be right. Somebody say amen. You've got in many arguments before because you wanted to be right. I want to talk to you tonight on this topic. Grace will get you right. Mm -hmm. That is the only way to get right. It is through grace. Without grace, no one can get right. I'm talking about get right. Uh-huh. We can do all that we, look, we could be as gifted and talented and can read the scriptures and pray so eloquent, but only grace can get you right. All that you do, no matter how good you can do it, will never make you right. Only grace can get you right. Only grace can get you in right standing with God because God is righteous and he called us to be his righteousness and we cannot do that without his grace and so tonight that's what we want to talk about and 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 get a good grip that God is doing it all as long as you know God has began a work and he's faithful to complete it. You won't let situations that look bad change your opinion of who God is. And sometimes we say we don't change our opinion. But when you allow a situation to bring you down, when if that has to change your opinion about who God is because if you believe that God can do anything at any given time, then nothing that happens in your life should be able to bring you down. So in Romans, um, we, we, we've heard about grace and, you know, it's, it's the unmerited favor, the unearned. It's grace, it's unearned, it's unmerited, it is, undeserved none of us can say we did this or that to get grace grace is unmerited it is a gift from God and it has no basis of what man did or what man can do it is solely a move of God's love onto the man so that grace can change them from being who they were to being who he's called them to be. I was going to talk to you tonight about the prodigal son because the prodigal son, we see that he, he went away and he went and he's doing all this wayward living. But grace brought him back. And the way grace worked Grace didn't pick him up and say, baby, I love you. Come on home. Grace took him down to the point of, you, 
humility. That's why God says he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And the prodigal son, he, he, gets, he, he gets to the point where he goes to a hog pen. And he's eating slop, and he feels real bad. And he said, wait a minute. I think I hear Grace talking to me. And Grace said, go home. Are you kidding me? Why are you eating this and you can go home? The reason why he didn't go home, because pride was there. But I want you to know that grace is more powerful than pride. God is so awesome that he sends grace to break us so that we will be able to follow him. And so the, the prodigal son, he comes home. The dad knew he was coming one day. He saw him afar off. He threw a party, threw in a party for him because grace brought him home. And there was another brother that wasn't lined up with the grace. And he was upset because somebody was being blessed. But by his opinion, he didn't think that he deserved a party. Isn't that something that God has given us so much grace, but we will allow somebody else's sin? To make us think they don't deserve a party. That was free. Let's get into the text. Romans chapter 4, verse number 1. Because I really want us to see that it, this is all about, it, this, this move of God, this great move of God, by giving us his gift of grace, is that right there, it's, it's doing a work in us that we can't stop. Grace is more than salvation. Grace is doing everything that God needs to be done in you. Grace is doing it. So if you're going to thank God for anything, you ought to thank him for grace. It bypasses you no matter what you think. Grace, don't, grace will bypass your thinking process. To get you right. That's how awesome grace is. While you're thinking wrong, grace will sneak in and just get you right. Okay. Um, Abraham, <clears throat> um, ver ch chapter 4, verse number 1. I'm going to read it and then we're going to come back and talk just for a little while. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now, to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace but as debt wait a minute that means it don't have nothing to do with works grace has nothing to do with works but to him who does not work 
but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is accounted for righteousness. It says belief is way better than works. Then it says, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and those sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Wow. Now, that's that's where the blessing is. Blessed is the man whose lawless deeds are forgiven. And we look at this one verse. I I really want to spend some time um, just dealing with three points tonight. And it's all in verse number three. Somebody read it. And now to him the works of wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Three things. Number one, it says, Abraham believed God. Number two, the account. And number three, the righteousness. And I want to talk to you about it because I want, I really hope that we really begin to grasp the righteousness of God. And we're going to start with that point first. Because it is, it, this grace is bringing us into righteousness. So <clears throat> as, as we look at it, is it he who is righteous because he does right things? Or does he who does, right, does righteousness because he's been made? righteous through grace is it is it what you do or it's what's been done to you that makes you righteous see sometimes we think it's about what we do because god has saved you grace is changing you and god gives you grace to function in righteousness because there's no way that you could function in righteousness without the grace of god So thereby you begin to do things that are in right standing with God. But the things that you do that are right with God does not make you any better. It is the thing that made you better, which is the grace that made it possible for you to do right things. Thereby, we can never have any type of judgment against anyone because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But in the church, we have looked at people who are working in the gifts of righteousness by grace. 
And that is the only reason why they could function that way. And if grace stops moving them, then they will fall. Thereby, if somebody else falls in the church, it is not for the ones who are being held up by grace to look down on the ones who have fallen. Because the only thing that separates us from them is that grace kept us up while it let them fall. You're not right because of what you do, but because of what grace has done. Grace is the conversion factor. Grace changed us into righteousness. And so we can't get so caught up like the one brother. I've stayed home all this time. How come you can't, how are you having a party for him when he went and he blew it? He did wrong, but I've been here all, all the time. And I'm sure his daddy was saying, well, you can have a party every day because you're here. You have access to have a party, but we're celebrating the grace that brought the son home. If you see, I don't want to look at what he has done wrong. Let's look at what God is doing by sending his grace for the son and bringing him back home again. The church ought to be happy over a sinner who wanders their way back into the church house. Because that's God's grace on display says Abraham believed God he John says it this way for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son who knows the rest that's John 3:16 God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only begotten son, that whoever lives right, that whoever can read the scripture, but whoever come to church on Sundays, wait, 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 the ones who understand their Bible, it does not say anything about that. We're dealing with a belief system. And so Abraham was counted righteous because he believed God. So he became righteous. It doesn't mean he lived righteous his entire life. But his belief in the righteous one changed him. So then his belief system allowed grace to move him. Stand up for a minute. This chair is positioned here and it is grace to hold your weight. Right? Do you believe it? If there was just straw sitting here, would you believe it? If you just seen straw, oh, 
And you say, wait a minute. <laughs> because you would see that it wasn't graced. It wasn't positioned to hold you. But because you knew that this chair was positioned to hold you, you sat right down in that chair. What? Because you believed that it was going to work. If you don't believe it, you'll stand there. And you would not move into the position that you wanted to move into. And that's how grace works. If you don't believe it, then grace will keep you still. But grace is positioning you that you would believe God. So no matter what the enemy revealed to you, no matter what the world shows you, no matter what the doctor tells you, it's not about that at all. It's about whose report will you believe? Because when you believe God, then grace moves you. And so... Abraham didn't know where he was going. He didn't know when he was going to arrive. But he moved. It was not, um, it was not that Abraham, the Bible doesn't say that Abraham had a compass. The Bible says he just believed God. And when you believe God, it doesn't matter what anything else says. It matters about what God has said. Now, Abraham didn't know where he was going. And God told him, get out. Go to where I take you. And when you get there, you'll know. He didn't know what he was going to walk into, but he moved. When I looked at grace, and Akili's done an awesome job talking about the grace in the Hebrew, um, you know, the hen word, and then the karif word, and um, in, in the Greek, um, but it's that divine influence in the Greek that even when your mind can't think it out, grace will move you. Therefore, you cannot take any credit. Oh, I just knew it was going to happen. Yeah, you knew, you believed it was going to happen because there's something greater inside of you. And that is the gift of God that is at work 24-7 in your life. While you are sleeping, grace is working. Shout, I believe it. And that's the thing. We can, if you believe it, talk about what grace is doing. Don't talk about your current situation. Because you are telling grace, you can't move me. You are not believing the promises of God. God will allow every one of his children to go through hardship. I'm going to say that again. God will allow every one of his children to go through hardship. Look through the Bible. 
everyone that was a greatly anointed by God had great, had, listen, had great sin in their life too. God brought each and every one of them through a trial. Either, either they had sin or they got put in a position that they didn't want to be put in. Like Daniel in the lion's den. Like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And listen, there's been some that got sick, had to be made well. And so what we don't do, we don't panic on the issues of life because we serve the life giver, the life sustainer, the life owner, the creator, the grace giver who has gave his best for everything that we have. So the first thing that we have to understand is that it's not about being right, but it is about being made right. Mm -hmm. And grace is the only thing that makes you right. It's working on you right now. Sometimes you have some decisions in your head and you think they're right. But later on you find out that grace was leading you a whole nother way. While you were stuck here, grace was taking you here. And that's what I love about grace. Grace moves you anyway. Huh? You, ever, you ever end up somewhere that you say, how did I end up here? Grace got you here. Grace is your guiding. Grace takes care of you. So grace is what is working every believer. It will usher you into success in areas of your life that you will never be able to pencil and say, I did it. Because grace works according to the spirit of God and not the thoughts of man. So Abraham, so Paul writes, he says, but what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Now, now get this. He, he not only um, was being made righteous um, by what he believed but he was being led there was a divine influence leading him and we're going to turn to um, chapter number 3 verse 21 and when you get there say I believe, believe. alright let's go verse 21 somebody read it Keep going. Okay, so it says this righteousness is to who? To all who believe. How many of you believe? So the righteousness of God is based on your belief system. Okay, you can never walk in righteousness if you do not believe God. Because you, if you don't believe, grace does not flow. You deny the grace. And that's why people who walk around feeling guilty about their sin, listen, until they believe that God has sent his son to die for them, they walk around feeling guilty and shameful. And they need somebody to reveal that Jesus has died for your sin. That's why the church should be bold enough to let a sinner know that I was a sinner too. 
And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would be ashamed of myself. But now I am giving God all the glory because he turned a sick sinner like me into somebody who is being made righteous by his grace every day. It's not by what I've done. There's nothing that any of us can do. But it's what the grace of God is doing and waiting to do it for somebody else. If you would just share him with them. So he says, it's given to all who believe. Let's go. Mm-hmm. 23. No, 22, the end. For there, for there is no difference. There is no difference. Keep going. Number 23. For all, for all have sinned. For how many have sinned? Wait a minute. You a sinner? Everybody in here sinned. Right? So, so if all have sinned and grace was given for all, then we should be anxious to share with the sinner the same grace that was given to us, being ready to give it to them so that we could be the world changers that God called us to be. Keep going. Being justified freely. How? His grace did it. How many of you believe his grace did it? If you sin again, whose grace is going to do it? Is God's grace going to keep covering you? You cannot out God's grace. God knows when you're headed for sin, and he has a pile of grace on the other side of that sin that you're about to get in, which means that you won't stay in the sin. Grace will pull you out of the sin. That's why we don't pray that the people stop. We pray that the power of God releases that grace upon their life because when they stop, they'll start again. But when God's grace gets them, they can never go back to that sin again. Okay, Harold. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That means he came to redeem. And the only way that he could redeem is by grace. And so when he came, he came to give grace. And when grace, the thing about grace, in in, in the first chapter of John, it says grace for grace, which means grace on top of grace, piled up. And, and so there was always grace because people said, oh, we're in this dispensation of grace. It was always grace. It was grace when there was a law because everybody who broke the law didn't die because of grace. Right? God's, God will allow one man to atone many sins by that grace given by the blood offering of an innocent animal. But when Jesus came, he gave us his spirit. Something happened, right? So that nobody can look at each other and start judging the accounts, right? So we, 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 we talked about the righteousness. 
We've talked about the belief. Say, I believe God. That is so important. If you don't remember nothing else from this Bible study, just remember to believe God. Now, he says he was accounted for righteousness, which means there's an account now. And so we all have an account. And so there's, let's look at, there's a bad account, a good account, and a perfect account. In the bad account, let's just say that's me. Because I was wicked, I was crazy, I was out there, I was a chief sinner. And so on the bad account, we'll just say that's me. On the good account, we'll just say is that real good person? You know, I, I, I'll just put my grandmother in that account you know you, you have somebody that you really look at you, 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 and so we'll put the good person you put that good person in that account and then you got the perfect account who's gonna put in the perfect account the Jesus got to be in that account right because there's nobody that could be in that account except Jesus and so he says in order whether Bad or good, there's only one perfect. And the one that's perfect is not, can't say that, he's not saying that because you believe him, you're perfect. What happens is you are believing in perfection. If you believe in perfection, you can move in perfection. <laughs> so if you believe in the bad, you'll, listen, uh, um, trust me on this. Something bad happens, if you believe that worse is going to get, if it's going to get worse, trust me. Does it get worse? It does. If you believe that bad is going to get better, does it get better? If you believe that bad makes you bitter, do you get bitter? So what you believe is very, very important here. And so God says, you're going to have to believe me so that I can operate you into the righteousness that I sent the perfecter for. So then, when we get to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, uh, I believe it's verse number 19, it says that the perfecter, he came here and took on the sin that the bad person had and the good person had so that they would have no more sin. So then the sin is no longer counted against them because of what he did. He counted them for righteousness. Wait a minute. In other words, he took the bad account and wiped it clean and put righteousness in it. He took the good account and wiped it clean and put righteousness in it. And he himself is a perfecter so that we can all live in righteousness just by what Christ did through grace. You got a clean account through grace. You clean now.
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 on there. We're going to close with it. So then, by all accounts, by all accounts, the wages of sin is death. But thanks be to God that he sent his son to redeem us from a state whether it was bad or whether we thought it was good and perfecting the saints by grace. Go back to, put 18 up there. Corinthians 5. Okay. Yeah, let's go. 18 through all the way to 20. 21, I mean. Let's go. Somebody read it. Mm-hmm. So, so through Christ, we left who we were to become who he is. Let's go. Now, he says, by the grace, I'm giving you a ministry that how I reconciled you, you can reconcile others. Wow. That is, wait, wait, wait. That's ministry. If, if your ministry is for reconciliation, that is the will of God just being activated in your life. Go ahead and say, I believe it. I believe it. Let's go. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespass of sins, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not going to even put the trespasses on them because I'm all about bringing them back to me. All right, let's go. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to who? God. All right. So, so it's not about, it, this is all about God. He loves his people. And he's given us this grace for reconciliation. When we give grace to others, they see a reflection of Christ in our life. And so God wants us to lead others back to him. Don't condemn them by what they did. Bring them to Christ and let them know grace. There's enough grace. No matter how dirty the sin was, grace can clean it up. And verse 21. So he made him who knew no sin to come over to our account and make it clean. Say, I got a clean account. He made who knew no sin, right? And all we have to do is believe it and be
because he already got our accounts clean, when we believe it, he works the righteousness in us by grace, not by condemnation, by grace. The loving grace of God changes Give God a hand of prayer. So God, God, look, God's grace will never give up on you. 